The dog days of summer are upon us, and as the international break gets set to come to a close, Major League Soccer will heat up yet again. This is Matt Harmon from the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Join Steve Jolly and I right now as we look at a busy month of July. Coming for New York, our monthly podcast, Inside the Booth, starts right now. We are not wasting any time getting up and going to start the month of July. Crazy to think that the season essentially in Major League Soccer, the regular season, just about three months to go before we will start a massive playoff run. It is Matt Harmon and Steve Jolly. We welcome you in to Inside the Booth, our monthly podcast on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Partner, a little groggy this morning. Is that the best way to describe how you are feeling? Well, I'm on vacation, Matt, and uh, and quite frankly, when I think of vacation, sometimes I just the first thing that comes to my mind is not Matt Harmon, but I'm here, I'm focused, and uh, let's get rock and roll. That hurts just a little bit because number one, I did not receive the vacation invite to spend some time over the holiday with the lovely Jolly family, and and number two, I mean, when you do go away, you're not thinking of how can I figure out a way to do some more on-air stuff with my Red Bulls radio partner? I think this is all like a, a sham by you to spend more quality time during the 4th of July week because it is true. I'd rather be, well, I'm just like two blocks away from the beach. So let's be honest, I'd rather be at the beach right now. But, you know, hashtag I'm a pro and, uh, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to put a, a smile on my face. We will get you to the beach in just a little bit. We've got a couple of segments coming up for you, as we always do. The first one will break down what was a uh, interesting 3-1 victory over the Chicago Fire for New York as they come back off the international break. We'll spend a little bit of time uh, talking about the Gold Cup as well, as New York will get at least one of their players back going into what is a very busy month of July and uh, perhaps a second one before the team will take on Atlanta on Sunday. Uh, Steve, that 3-1 victory against Chicago in Harrison on Friday night, it was, I say, interesting because I think that's that's a good way to describe the game. If you looked at some of the stats and numbers of that game, which obviously don't always tell the story, but if you're the Chicago Fire, you're probably walking out of that game saying, wow, we had 26 shots, we had 62% possession, uh, but yet it was the New York Red Bulls who took advantage of the opportunities that they had presented to them during the course of the game. And some of the goals that they had, you, you could say it was that situation of getting goals against the run of play. Yeah, I think you can also frame it as, um, you know, quite frankly, is you know, when you look at the course of the season, I think I even talked about it on there, is that you're going to have some ugly games that you need to win. And unfortunately for, for Red Bull, they came out with the, the W. And, and when you frame, I guess, the game itself and you think, okay, Taku gets a goal. Still in tremendous form. Brian White continues to perform and gets a goal. And then more importantly, the return of Bradley Wright Phillips. So there's a lot of positives that you can take from a game that, you know, quite frankly, wasn't pretty, but we finished our, our chances, and that's all. That's what it's all about, right? 
That is uh, correct. Three points and another victory for New York. We'll talk about where they sit in the Eastern Conference table coming up in just a little bit as well. You said the return of Bradley Wright Phillips. He did enter the game in the 67th minute. He came on for Brian White, who had scored a little bit earlier in the match in the 59th on a nice assist from Danny Royer, who would also be rewarded with a goal in stoppage time. You mentioned the goal from Kaku. And the theme for this team, we'll talk about BWP in a second, but uh, Steve, the theme for this team continues to be what it's been all year long, and that is getting contributions from multiple players during the course of every game. Yeah, I mean, when you think about um, that game, and uh, and we talk about you know Kaku and and Brian White and you know players coming in and inserting themselves, um, you know, you had an entire back line at one point that was all you know not your original you know starters when the season started uh that continued to get you know through the game and and work well together um it's going to pay you know handsomely to this team during the course of the remaining balance of the season to get all these players with just such you know great quality minutes and you know getting results so their confidence are high and, and quite frankly i mean this july is going to be a busy, busy July, and uh, and we're going to need you know all the help we can get in terms of depth and, and numbers. Extremely busy, and New York will start that run in July coming up on the 3rd. That game will be in Houston. We'll break that one down for you and look at the Atlanta game a little bit more detailed in our second segment. I thought one of the one of the funnest parts of the night, honestly, was when we did our post-game interview with Brian White, and I posed the question to him, if I would have told you at this point of the season, which for New York kind of closes the official first half, it was their 17th game of the year, that you would be the team's leading scorer with five goals, I believe his answer was, I think I would have laughed at you. He's actually become a really fun story to kind of follow during what has been, um, you know, that that up and down kind of year for this New York Red Bull team. Um, tough start to the year, real good run into June. Um, the little bit of the the you know fly in the ointment with the losses to Philadelphia and New England, but then the bounce back win against Chicago. Brian White, Steve, he's got like an an, an infectious personality, right? He's just kind of he's he's fun to watch and he's fun to be around. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, we're rooting hard for him just because he's such a great kid. Um, you know, other than the fact that he still owes me a dollar for losing the bet of Duke Virginia lacrosse. I mean, he's got other positives, so we're focusing on those positives, and that's his personality, his work rate. And uh, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, he's playing a game. He's playing a game with his, you know, ability, his heart, and uh, and people appreciate, you know just seeing his just his, the effort that he puts in every single game and uh, you know what and he's scoring goals and he reminds me a lot of a Taylor Twellman who you know you, you miss him for for a couple minutes of the game he's still working hard and next thing you know the ball's in the box and you know he's getting a foot on it or a head on it and uh, you know it's in the back of the net and, uh, and he has been you know such a wonderful asset to this organization this year and uh, you know kudos to the person who decided to draft him because they got a winner there. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Brian White with a goal, 59th minute. Uh, New York with a 3-1 win over Chicago. What that does after another weekend of activity in Major League Soccer is it puts New York smack dab in the middle of a very busy Eastern Conference. Philadelphia, 32 points. D.C. United, 31. Montreal, 30. 
Atlanta 29, Red Bulls right now in fifth with 27, right behind them, NYCFC 26, Toronto 23. That's the top seven right now as it sits uh, in the Eastern Conference. And, and Steve, I think this will be one of those seasons, right, that, that everything does come down to that first Sunday in October, decision day in 2019, because as good as Philadelphia has been, as good as D.C. United has been, um, I you know, there's not a whole lot of separation between these teams. You've got Philly at 32 and all the way down, I'll say, to NYCFC at 26. That's only six points. And a team like NYCFC has four games in hand on the Union. The New York Red Bulls have two games in hand. Atlanta has two games in hand. So this Eastern Conference, if you want to say it's it's a little parity-driven, I think I'd be okay with that. But it's going to, I think, be very entertaining to watch how teams deal with the summer. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, and just looking at, uh, you know, the balance of the season and knowing that we're pretty much at the halfway point. I mean, I refuse to believe that, uh, you know, it's going to be lined up the same day, you know, the same numbers that we're seeing right now with the Union, DC, United, Montreal, Atlanta, New York, you know, Red Bull, FC, then Toronto. There's going to be a lot of shifting and it's going to make all these games so very important. And, and for us, you know, as our season becomes, I guess, a little, you know, Eastern Conference centric soon. Uh, it just means that these games going forward in the next couple, you know, weeks and months are going to become so so very important as we kind of stay and try to, you know, stay at the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. And there's not a whole lot of separation, even in terms of how many games the teams have actually won, which is one of those uh, tiebreakers. Philly nine wins, Montreal nine wins, Atlanta nine wins, Red Bulls eight wins, D.C. United uh, eight wins in there as well. So as you said, uh, short of the game against Houston, which will be the next game for New York and a game that we will have for you on the New York Red Bulls radio network, and we'll break that down for you a little bit more in segment number two. Um, when you do get into the Eastern Conference stuff, and I think you you had referenced it on Friday night, uh, um, the game against Chicago. I mean, listen, a couple things in that game. Number one, you dropped a game against Chicago earlier in the season. So obviously you want to beat them the second time you play them. And with all of these Eastern Conference games, it becomes all six pointers, which become extremely important. If not only you want to stay alive, but also if you want to move up the table. Well, I mean, you almost, I mean, I don't know if I'm feeling this way and you're still, you're feeling the same way, but you almost feel empathy for a team like Chicago because they actually have been playing fairly well. Um, it's just they're not getting the results. So, I, I mean, even a team like Chicago Fire, who, you know, at this point only has 19 points and is in 10th place, that's even a team that I think if they can get a good run going, um, they've got some depth, they've got some, you know, attacking you know, power, you know, they're stable, you know, through the core of the lineup. I mean, th that's a team that could also kind of fight for that last and seventh place uh, for for the playoff. You know, one of the things that I, I, is interesting, right? I mean, as, as we sit here and talk about it and we record on the, the first day of July, within the span of, let's say, two, three, over the span of, of the month of July, two, three weeks, maybe a month, uh, so much could be different because as the summer transfer window opens up, you, you look at some of these teams, and they could be vastly different, whether that's bringing a player in, whether in some uh, some cases that might be sending a player out. Um, so you've, you've done what you've done in the first half of the season, but now all these MLS teams, they essentially have an opportunity um, to go out and get so many different looks, players, they can change the complexion of their team. Uh, and even, you know, maybe short of Cincinnati, uh, who continues to struggle, I'm not sure that you could say Orlando, New England, Chicago, Columbus, 
all of them are not completely out of it because all right, you go pick up a couple of guys and maybe you do get that run. You win two, three games in a row, and all of a sudden you're right back in the mix. Well, I mean, you know, and I know in the second you know section of this podcast we're going to talk about the schedule and teams that we will be playing. But, I mean, when you just kind of scroll through that July lineup and, and know that, as I mentioned before, the importance of the six points uh, in Eastern Conference. So we got Atlanta, NYCFC, Toronto, Orlando, Columbus crew, that's just in the month of July alone. So this month is sort of like what we talked about before in terms of the month of May, kind of turning around the season for Red Bull. This July month will be the month that kind of dictates, you know, where we stand relative to the playoffs. And uh, and if it's, you know, us going in, in terms of, you know, being one of the upper echelon Eastern Conference teams or one that's kind of just, you know, fighting to be that last spot and, uh, and nobody wants to be fighting for that last spot when the season comes to an end. Which is funny. You talk about the the importance of the month of July. We made a big point talking about the importance of the month of May. That was to kind of turn the season around. New York checked the box there. But, yeah, the, the summer schedule uh, is extremely busy, and it's not just July. We could obviously look at August, but we do this once a month, so we'll save that for uh, another time. Let's finish with this one, Steve, before we take a break, and then we'll get into the upcoming schedule for this New York Red Bull team, and that is – uh, the return of Bradley Wright Phillips, because if you talk about the summer transfer window and potentially bringing some players in, uh, I know he actually made mention to it as well. He kind of feels like he being Bradley Wright Phillips, and, and I would think the, the coaching staff, Chris Armis and the rest of the coaches have to feel this way as well. Boy, if we can get him back to who he is and has been for so long, that is a huge pickup just in, in its own right, bringing a guy back that has missed so much time but is a bona fide goal scorer, um, and he might be that punch that this team needs to kind of clear a couple of hurdles during the course of the second half of the season. Yeah, and I agree. And, um, you know, and I think even Robles, you know, after uh, the game spoke about it in terms of the value and importance of uh, of getting BWP back into to form and, and one of the luxuries of, of – of the team's current form and guys like Brian White, when we'll bring it back to Brian White, is that now we have a luxury of not forcing BWP to play full 90 minutes right now that we can ease them back playing the last 10, 15 minutes. And, uh, and at the end of the day, when you, you know, you try to stay objective about what's happening with this team, you know, what an absolute luxury. When you look down that uh, that bench, you know, come 20 minutes remaining in the game and you need some kind of firepower to get into the, you know, you know, on the field, and uh, and you can call a guy like BWP to to replace some players and take some time in the month of Ju- uh, July to get him some quality minutes and uh, and push him forward to August and beyond. I mean, I know the coaching staff are, are really excited to have BWP quote unquote back, and uh, and I think they're going to take some time with him and allow him to kind of ease his way in because they've been really you know objective about it and knowing that he's so important to this organization so you know let's take some time with it and you know let's enter into games sort of like what the Chicago game was just give him 15 20 minutes and uh and man what a, what a huge huge asset it is for us to be able to throw him in the game in the last 15 20 minutes yeah and I think the one thing that's nice too and and you and I know this because we've been around uh the team as often as we have over the course of the last five years, that is he's he's a superstar in Major League Soccer, but in, in a lot of ways he's not because of the way that he acts, the way that he's a teammate. Uh, I don't think if you asked anybody on the roster, I don't think there's anybody more excited to come back the way 
that Bradley Wright Phillips is excited about, but he's also excited because of the guys that have played in his place, the Brian Whites, the Tom Barlows. He's essentially, um, he's just such a professional and a consummate teammate. I think him coming back will add so much on, but I even saw it in training. I went to training last week before the Chicago game. You could see it on the training field as well, Steve, just the fact that he's there to push the guys a little bit, to have some comments, to work with the younger players, uh, really, really important. No, it's it's invaluable. It truly is invaluable, and um, and that's why I think the timing of him being able to have that big break before you know this run of games, and then the timing of him being able to be you know entered into you know the last couple minutes to get you know the speed of play back, and uh, you know this could be a big opportunity here for this Red Bull team to really make a constructive and positive run, uh, just because you know they've they've checked off the boxes with some big big question marks at start of the season you know you know what was going to happen if um you know god forbid something happened to bwp well something happened to bwp and tom barlow and brian white have stepped up you know what's going to happen with you know kaku and all the questions around him in the off season well you know let's be honest kaku has probably been our best player for the last month or so um he has done the job and uh, and i think Quite frankly, if I was to look in the mirror, I just have not on air, and I've said this to quite a few people, I'm like, I don't think I give this guy enough credit in the last couple months. Um, he has been our best player. And um, so having him you know, in fine form and confident, you, know, you see Royer get a goal the other night as well. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can be pretty optimistic about as we, uh, we enter this, this, this kind of this tough, tough summer schedule. Totally agree. Partner, totally agree. We will take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll look at the next uh, upcoming week. We'll spend some time breaking down the Gold Cup for you as well. I had the opportunity to take in the game last night at Lincoln Financial Field, so we'll uh, start with that when we come back. We've got Houston. We've got Atlanta on the schedule. This is Inside the Booth on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Download the New York Red Bulls app today to stay up to date on everything New York Red Bulls. Buy, share, and scan your tickets. Get all the latest news and content and listen to New York Red Bulls radio in English and Spanish. Then flip to arena mode to find concessions near your location and get real-time answers from the Red Bulls chatbot. Available now on iOS and Android or visit NewYorkRedBulls.com for more information. We are back here on Inside the Booth, our July edition. Crazy to say that, as feels like we just started with some preseason stuff down in Florida in January. Well, the New York Red Bulls busy right now with the July schedule set to heat up. We'll talk about the upcoming games with Houston and Atlanta. Uh, but as I bring back in my partner, Steve Jolly, on, on this edition of Inside the Booth. Partner, let's start. I was in your neck of the woods last night watching the U.S. men's national team play in the quarterfinals of the Gold Cup against Curacao. Aaron Long starting that game going. 90 minutes also was able to catch a couple of the other Red Bull guys because the game prior was Jamaica with Kimara Lawrence Amir Murillo playing for Panama uh, so the semis now all set up and they do have a little bit of a Red Bull flair when you look around you've got uh, obviously Long playing with the United States you've got Lawrence with Jamaica and you've got the great story of Haiti and Derek Etienne Jr. They will match up against Mexico. But uh, I know you watched it. Um, it was not the prettiest of games, <laughs> to say, for the U.S. So true. I mean, it was painful, let's be honest. <laughs> but that's okay. They're moving forward, right? And, uh, you know, we can we can probably do a couple podcasts of what my, um, I think my constructive criticisms would be of, uh, of what's happening right now with our team. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we need good positive results in the gold cup and, uh, and we got one 
And, uh, and we go on now to a tough, tough challenge with Jamaica. But um, you know what I'm really struggling with? I'm really struggling with the, the Haiti and Mexico game because I want nothing more than probably most people want that U.S. versus Mexico final. But, man, what a great story with Haiti. What a great story with Haiti. And I am rooting on and, uh, and rooting on Derek. And, uh, man, it's just a great story, and I love seeing it. And, uh, and it could make for a very interesting semifinal, that Haiti versus Mexico. Yeah, I think uh, I, I would tend to agree with you. So you've got those games coming up this week. You've got the final set for Sunday, uh, which is in Chicago. Obviously, the United States will try and do whatever they need to do to get through Jamaica. And in a way, is that the idea here, you think, Steve, for, for Greg Berhalter, who I think is still trying to put the system in? Um, you, you could make the argument that maybe he doesn't have all of his best guys, i.e. a, Ty, a Tyler Adams, uh, who's not with the with the national team in this Gold Cup. Um, so is it just trying, hey, let's pick up some results. It might not always be great. It might not always be pretty. Um, but can we get ourselves into the final and, and, and have that matchup maybe with Mexico? Yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to have to parallel it to, you know, our Chicago game, the Red Bull Chicago game, where, you know, it wasn't pretty, but we got the result. And that's kind of what, what we needed to kind of move forward and uh you know you know jamaica is a obviously a very talented team and it's going to be a tough struggle the way we're playing right now um but you know we are an abundance of riches right now between gold cup and you know now red bull back in it tomorrow we have you know u.s england women's world cup uh, semifinal i mean it's just it it does not stink to be a soccer fan right now uh, because you got just about every single day some some fun, entertaining games to watch. Yeah, no, it's certainly been fun. There's no lack of activity. Uh, speaking of no lack of activity, it is the New York Red Bulls, so we'll be back up in action. They will take on the Houston Dynamo, a game that is set for Wednesday night in Texas. Nothing like a midseason trip to Texas in July. Should uh, certainly be uh, a good game, and I think it will be between these two teams. We'll be on the hour. We'll be on with our pregame show an hour prior to kickoff. Uh, and in Houston team, Steve, which I think at the beginning of the year, everyone said, wow, this Dynamo team is pretty dynamic and, and pretty entertaining. Um, they've hit the skids just a little bit, right? Because if you look at the East, uh, Western Conference table, all of a sudden they're in seventh place, seven, six, and three overall. Yeah, and they've conceded some late goals too. And uh, and this is not the same team that uh, I remember watching in the uh, – in the beginning of the season where I was like, man, this is a team that you're going to have to worry about. Um, and that's not to say that I'm not worried about them Wednesday night. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's just they're not playing in their, you know, they're, they're not playing their best soccer right now. And this might be a golden opportunity for us to, uh, to get down there and play a game where, you know, quite frankly, when I, back in the old days when I was playing, it's never fun to go down there. I mean, the humidity of Houston is just oppressive. And, uh, you know, this is one that you're going to have to manage relatively, you know, not only the game, but the heat, the humidity, and uh, and just try to stay focused on the fact that, like, you're going to just push through these kind of games. Kickoff is at 9 o'clock here on the East Coast, so we'll be on uh, at 8 o'clock. It's an 8 o'clock local kickoff. Uh, and as Houston gets set to take on New York, yeah, the heat obviously is something that's a concern. And um, I guess, Steve, if you look at it, the, the concern is for New York, um, how do you manage what, what we've already talked about is going to be a busy month of July? You've got Houston on Wednesday. Then you turn around, you have Atlanta on Sunday. Then you've got the first time that you'll meet up with NYCFC. Then you've got more midweek stuff with Toronto. Then you're on the road in 
Orlando, certainly not a, a, an overly fun place to be in the middle of July either. And then you finished with Columbus. So after this one with the Dynamo, it's all Eastern Conference games in the run uh, of July. I think for Chris Armis, the, the trick is how do you manage everyone? How do you figure out a way to get some points? Um, and as we talked about, a home stretch that New York had earlier in the season during May, well, it's the opposite now in July because you've got a lot of games coming up on the road against teams that are within your conference. Yeah, and uh, and I'm not saying that you should shift more importance to the weekend in the Atlanta game, but this will probably be an opportunity for some players like Kosaris or you know, even Tom Barlow to step in and, and, and give a you know an honest effort. I mean, I think you know those kind of energetic young <laughs> legs might be a very important uh, asset for us going through this game on Wednesday night because it's not. I mean, it's really genuinely you know a tough environment to play, and I'm not talking you know crowd wise, just in terms of just managing the heat and humidity and dealing with it. So all those players that have had, you know, positive, you know, minutes, you know, in the last, you know, two months per se, you know, they'll, they'll be called upon in the next couple of weeks and, uh, and we need them to step up. We need them to step up right now. Certainly will be humid, but at least the early look at uh, what the potential forecast will be. It's, it's in the high eighties, which I guess all things considered might not be that bad when you could be up, uh, in the triple digits in Houston this time of year. Game in Atlanta, partner, that'll be a fun one. It always is, and I know you're going to make the trek down uh, to see New York play at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. An Atlanta United team, which is probably still smarting a little bit from the loss earlier this year when the two teams matched up, and it has really become one of the best rivalries in Major League Soccer when these two uh, hook up because there's there's genuine, I think at this point, dislike. No, I think you're fair to say that. I mean, and it makes for an absolutely entertaining kind of environment. And uh, and any chance that, uh, you know, you're going to play in front of 50,000 people, fortunately, it's going to be indoors. Um, so weather is never really a problem there, obviously. And, uh, and you've got two teams that have over the last year, year and a half, have been kind of the most kind of I mean, you said heat of rivalry, and, and that's exactly what it's become. These are two teams that generally don't like each other, and that makes it for entertaining soccer. But uh, also when you look at you know two teams that uh, both, quote-unquote, struggled at the beginning of the season, have turned around their seasons, and uh, and when you look at kind of the, the breadth of the Eastern Conference, these are still the two powerhouses of the Eastern Conference, and they're meeting on Sunday, and it's going to be a blast to uh, to be a part of. So midpoint, essentially, of Major League Soccer, and and this has been, it's probably maybe a a little bit of a criticism, but I always find it crazy. So it's the midpoint for some teams, and and I get the schedule can be somewhat crazy, but even looking at the Eastern Conference standings, which we did earlier, and we can spend some time on it right now again, how is it possible that Montreal has played 20 games and NYCFC has played 15 at this point of the year? Yeah, um, I I don't know. It's... I don't think I'm smart enough to recognize, you know, the scheduling in terms of how they manage, you know, certain venues and everything like that. You get it when there's a new stadium being built per se, but um, yeah, I, I still struggle with it too. And that's why you can't, you can't rule out a team like, uh, you know, an NYCFC because they've only played 15 games and, you know, next thing you know, they're 26 points with uh, two or three more games in hand could be 
you know, leading the Eastern Conference right now. I will say I, I do like this. As teams continue to come into the league, I like the idea that you're not playing anybody three times anymore because now I, I think you could make the argument that on July 14th, which is the next Red Bull home game, and that will be against NYCFC, tickets for that one you can call one eight seven 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 two seven six two two three or go to NewYorkRedBulls.com for more ticket information. I think there will be genuine like anticipation for that game, Steve, because it's midseason and, and two of the – uh, crosstown rivals they they haven't played each other yet so it does it it kind of has that little bit of buildup where the last couple of years are right, you're playing three times you're going to play again in the open cup it's four times and I remember the one year I think they played three or four times in the span of of like five weeks it was almost too yeah. much you were seeing the team too often um, but as we kind of look ahead just a little bit more past Atlanta and Houston I'm really looking forward to see NYCFC come come to Harrison on the 14th. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, when you look at it from just a pure, you know, points per game perspective, NYCFC is, is leading the league right now. Um, they've only literally only had one loss in the season. And uh, and this is a team that knows how to get points. You know, we've talked for years and years and years about the inherent value of just picking up points and not losing the three points, but getting at least one point. Well, they've got eight ties as well, NYCFC. And I think this is a team that uh, – you know, it's starting to gain more and more confidence. Um, the fact that they've only played 15 games compared to our 17 games will pay huge dividends, uh, you know, because, you know, they're they're a team that I think can really skyrocket up the Eastern Conference with just uh, a couple more wins. And then the fact that we got them at home in the next couple of weeks, I think is going to be an, an incredible opportunity for uh, for fans to come out and see, you know. I mean, when you, for me, and it will always be this way right now, Atlanta, Red Bulls, and NYC right now, are, are my three teams that I think can be, you know, win the Eastern Conference. But, you know, I even struggle with ruling out a Toronto FC because, you know, that's a team, even though they have 18 games played, um, you know, I think if they can, you know, get into the right flow of things, they can be a dangerous contender too. And and I've already ruled out right there DC United, which, you know, obviously it's, you know, DC United is DC United right now, and they've been incredible, especially because of Rooney. And uh, in Philadelphia Union, I do think they're going to be in the top three or four. Uh, I just, I just get the feeling that the depth of that team is just not good enough. And uh, they got a great starting lineup. They're dangerous. They took it to us. At least Ilsenio single-handedly took it to us. And I just don't see them being in the top two or three when the season really comes to to an end. Yeah, I mean, I I think at least if you look at the the talent that teams have. Um, the top seven in the Eastern Conference have kind of separated a little bit. You've got Orlando, New England, Chicago, Columbus, Cincinnati. Um, at this point of the year, Steve, as we turn from the first half to the second half, w- which one of those teams maybe would be the one that you could say they'll put together a run and they'll be a playoff team? The teams that are 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, you're saying? Yep. Um, well, we spoke about Chicago Fire. Um I, I generally feel bad for them because <laughs> they've they haven't played that bad. It's just you know just unlucky to some degree. Um, I think a team that will cause a little bit of headache will be New England, uh, just because of all the coaching changes and uh, and front office changes. You know he'll get that team kind of least efficient uh, for the remaining balance of the season and, and just be a handful. But uh, you know if I was kind of choosing between you know. Yeah, I'd probably have to stick with you know a Chicago Fire or New England Revolution being a dangerous contender when it's all said and done, and and pushing for that final spot. 
A six-game month of July starts on Wednesday night. Be sure to join us on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. And if you're enjoying listening to this podcast and all of our other ones, our coaches show, our players only one kicking it, please be sure to give us a rating review, drop a comment for us, and don't forget to uh, subscribe. I'm going to throw you on the spot real quick, partner, before we wrap this one up. Uh, A prediction for Tuesday with the Women's World Cup. I'm pausing right now because I'm struggling a little bit. Um, I definitely think they're going to get through. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit more uh, testy of a performance than, than we've seen uh, over the last. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to give them credit for stepping up big time against France. Um, that was a game that uh, I thought could pose some big problems. England's in fine form. But, um, you know, right now I think it's just one of those things where I think USA is just has all the confidence in the world coming off the France win, and, uh, and they continue to move forward. All right. And a Gold Cup matchup in the final when we're talking about it Sunday in Atlanta because that's where we will be. It will be what two teams that are standing? Well, unfortunately for Haiti, I think the, their incredible run comes to an end against Mexico, who was, uh, you know, kind of snuck through to the uh, the semifinals as well. But uh, I can, you know, I'll see the, the U.S. versus Mexico match that everybody wants to see as, as the inevitable uh, final. But um, I hope at least Haiti makes Mexico's life, you know, as tough as humanly possible. How about that one? I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. Uh, Steve, happy 4th of July. I'll miss you Wednesday in Houston, but I do look forward to getting together and um, calling that game with you down Sunday against Atlanta. Enjoy a little bit of downtime and the family, and uh, I'll I'll see you in a little bit. Thanks, buddy. We're going to put some – if anything – You'll, you'll see me nice and tanned up because I am going to enjoy some quality beach time over the next couple of days. Well, I first of all, I mean, the fact that we were able to get you up to record this one on the early side, I'm even more impressed of, again, yeah, I'm a hashtag, pro. I'm hashtag, a pro. Pro. hashtag pro. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag pro. Hashtag pro, buddy. Steve Jolly, Matt Harmon, we say so long for our July edition of Inside the Booth. Again, make sure to subscribe to us on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Our next broadcast comes up on Wednesday against the Houston Dynamo. We're on the air locally on the East Coast at 8 p.m. You can find us on our TuneIn Radio app, the New York Red Bulls app, and at NewYorkRedBulls.com. Happy Fourth of July. Enjoy the summer of soccer, which continues throughout the United States and in the entire world, and we're happy to be a part of it for you here So for Steve Jolly and Gordon Stevenson, our technical advisor, I'm Matt Harmon. We will see you again Wednesday night in Houston. Thanks, as always, for listening to us. It's Inside the Booth on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network.